Kickoff hour number two is brought to you by the Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union. They're even opening up new branches around. They got you covered. They're really the best. They're the official credit union of three and out for good reason. Uh, we're members. You should be too. They, uh, you know, they won't let you down. Really, just consistent, always there for you. What are you hinting at? Oh, nothing. Let's go back to the big orange Philly phones. We got uh, Jason in Georgia up next. What's up, buddy? You're on three and out. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Been better. Yeah. Well, yesterday afternoon, I got kids out of school. I drove three hours to Gainesville. Walked in that arena an hour early, watched warm-ups. Got a $12 Miller Lite. (laughs) And I couldn't have imagined what was about to happen that was an all-timer right there i mean like with with seven minutes before tip like it's about half full the odom is okay zero energy in the building like this is the worst florida team that they've had in a while i think i mean they were they were there i mean they weren't good last year but i mean they were terrible, and, like, there was zero expectation in that building. And, eat, like, when we took the lead, you would have thought that, that, I mean, people were like, well, here, we, well, we knew it was finally coming, and I thought we were going to pull away. But I, just our guys had, I just feel like they come in, and they don't think, that they're the number two team in the country. They didn't walk in there like they were the number two team in the country last night. Hmm. Uh, we're going to get everybody's best shot. And I don't think these guys are prepared for it. They look sluggish. I mean, 17-4 to four right out of the gate. I, I mean, and I'll just tell you this. <clears throat> um, when we knew it was over, my son leans over with about, you know, 42 seconds left and goes, man, let's get out of here. Got a long drive home. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. We're not taking that walk of shame because every Florida fan was still in there. There's no way. We are walking out with everyone. And uh, you know, but it was just it was painful to watch. I mean, they were force feeding Kamwa and he just didn't have it. We just don't have a go to guy. And uh it it just uh it, it was it was brutal. But I will say this the boy became a man last night. Walking from the arena to the car, he took it like a champ and uh, gave some shots to Gator fans and shut them up a few times referencing football. I mean, you, thank so God for Josh Heupel to give us that one. Whew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was huge. But uh, no, man, it was uh, it was a tough night last night, and I, I just <clears throat> when you don't have a go-to guy. And look, I was sitting in the section right next 
to the uh, family. Like, you know, all the, you know, there, there was some family there. And uh, the body language from the family, I mean, you could just tell. They were like, we just, we don't have it. Mm-hmm. And just just the frustration level of guys who can't make a shot. I mean, defensively, we'll always be in a game. But um, when there's not one guy you can count on to get a bucket, that that's why I think the Grant and Admiral team was so good. And we got so far, you should have went farther. But uh, it's because we knew we had at least one or two guys that could go get us a bucket anytime we needed it. Yep. And we don't have it with this guy. They were, depe- you know, they were dependable. Absolutely. This team is consistently inconsistent consistently. And it's just, <laughs> it's just tough to watch sometimes. But anyway, y'all have a great morning. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for, Thanks for carrying the fight. <sighs> Poor Jason. I know. That's 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 the rub. I mean, you put your you, you kind of you put your heart out there. You put your trust in these guys, and I mean, it's one thing if they don't play that well against a really good team and you lose. Mm-hmm. That happens. It's basketball. But when it's, I mean, it's a team that they were in the first four out, I think, or next four out. That's the beginning of this game, and Jimmy Dykes by the end is like, "This is going to put Florida right there on the bubble." Yeah. I love all the hate, not really hate, but you know they were on Vescovy hard last night about how he was kicking his legs out on his threes when he was drawing those fouls. Yeah, the like, one that he got fouled, the first one that he got fouled on, the guy hit his hand. Yeah, like it was a foul. And they kept saying, "Oh, he kicks his leg out." He kicks, it's like, but yeah, but he hit him on the hand. That's that's yeah. where the foul was on that one. I thought they called it on the screen initially. Because didn't he come off a screen on that? Yeah, was that yeah, when Key got run over and yeah, they didn't yeah. call it? I yeah, that's why they called it because it was right there, bang bang. It's like that that play though, where he kicks his leg out. That cost us an elite eight a couple of years ago, and now when people do it, it's the end of the world yeah, in college yeah. basketball. <laughs> uh, when someone does it to us, it's like, oh well, yeah, I fouled him. We do it, and it's like, oh, you can't do that. That's illegal. It's like, okay, can we have just just some consistency? It's all we're. That's all we're really looking for here. Gosh. <sighs> well, back to the big orange Philly fall lines we go. We got T Carp up next. What's up, T? You're on three and out. Hey guys, good morning. Morning, buddy. Hey, um, is there such a thing called the sun? I haven't seen it in so long. Is that kind of one of those conspiracy theories that it might exist, it might not? Uh, what would they say? Maybe Monday, next Monday, we get to see it again. Let's hope so. Man. Just taking a little winter break, I think. I, uh, apparently, yeah, we need to get to it. Anyway, um, you know, this show is—I love it because it's realistic. It, you guys are like real guys, like me. We can sit and talk and be like, "Hey, I'm not that invested in this basketball team." It's really frustrating and really weird because they're, you know, four in the country. They're two in the country. Like, I should care more. Like, what's wrong with me? Okay, I'm going to care. We beat Texas. Woohoo! This is great. Oh, well, I, I, I got in right at the right time. And then we <laughs> crabbed the bed against Florida. And it's like, well, back to not caring. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, really, it's really frustrating. And I, I don't know. You know, I know basketball is, is multiple games, and this is just one game of many. But how many of these Really bad games can we lose in the SEC and still be respected? I mean, you lose against Kentucky and then you lose against this crap Florida team? I mean, like, 
I don't want to be like there's a pattern here, but you can't lose another to another bad SEC team, right? Well, the bad news is you're going to play some good ones coming up. Uh, yeah, we haven't played a, we haven't played a good SEC team all year, really. I mean, obviously Kentucky has some talent, and uh, you beat Texas, which is not an SEC team, but a good team. It's just, yeah, it's that's the frustrating thing about the team. It's kind of a you never know when they're going to be really bad on offense. And I mean, you got Auburn next on Saturday. You mm-hmm. play like you did last night. Auburn's going to beat you. You play like you did against Texas, and you'll beat them pretty easily, probably. You know, like it's which team we're going to get. I mean, we're just Jekyll and Hyde right now. You got Alabama yeah. coming up. You better be ready to play, play, play them because well, they're going to be ranked, they're going to be ranked ahead of you now. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't even keep up with it, and I know Alabama's a very good basketball team. Yeah. And when uh, when Bruce Pearl comes to town, it's always. It's always something, man. So I, I just, I don't know. Just they've got to figure out something. They got to figure out something on offense. I thought this when Viscovi came in as a freshman. He's, you know, he's dribbling between his legs, doing something else, and then just you know draining a three. I'm like, here it is. Here's the guy. And I don't know. Is it weird to feel like the guards they don't progress? They little they degress, or is that a word? That I'm looking for, like on offense, I, regress. I don't regress, yeah, regress. Yeah, regress, degress, regress. You're right. I feel like this get worse on offense. Uh, you know, better on defense, much better. Sound defense under Barnes, but just the offense just, you know, just goes downhill. I don't know. I, well, you know, I want to see what you guys have to say. Love you guys. Y'all be good. Thanks for the call. Thanks, T Carp. Yeah, I mean, Adam said during a break, like. Tyreek Key's headed for the Justin Powell plan or the uh, Victor Bailey deal. Like, I mean, Tyreek Key and was it the second game of the year or the ex- I mean, second exhibition, exhibition drops twenty something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, finally, is, yeah. We we got a guy that can just score, flat out shoot it. Yeah, have you seen his box score for some of the games down the last couple of weeks? I don't know that I want to. I mean, this is a guy who. The first time we saw him. Well, last night he played 12 minutes. Yeah. Took yeah. three shots. Missed them all. Uh, his last game. I mean, he, I will say he did have, let's see, his last good game. He had 17 against Eastern Kentucky, and he's only scored in double digits one time since that, and it was 10 points against LSU. He scored zero points last night, one point against Texas, five against Georgia, was it the LSU game where we had one score in double figures? Yeah, it was him. Right? And everyone else had like eight, nine, six, five, whatever? Yeah. Now, T-Carp pretty much brought up what me and Willie Billiford were talking about last night and just the theory that players in Rick Barnes' system, they hit their peak year two, year three, but if you stay in this system for four years, you start to regress. And whether it's just you getting burnt out, whether it's just more guys coming in that are better than you, who or what, I, I don't know. But like it's just it seems to be a trend. I mean, look at John Fulkerson. I mean, look at guys like Santiago Vescovi. I mean, you st- look at just well, I mean Josiah James. I mean, he's kind of been all over the place, just inconsistent. But the longer you stay in this system, it's almost like it's not good for you to stay here for three, four years. We'll come back with more. Rick Barnes was asked, how can you get better offensively and avoid uh, having games where you're only scoring in the 50s? We'll tell you what he said next. They'd rather give you 
a song than diamonds or gold. Lone star belt buckles and old faded Levi's, and each night begins a new day. If you don't understand him, he don't die young. He'll probably just ride away. Don't let your babies grow up to be boys. <laughs> they'll get their hopes up and then they'll crash down up and burn. We'll choke on their. Oh, God. Hey, coach, how, uh, how can you get better offensively, you know, not scoring the 50s? All right, what do you say? He's got a plan, right? I know Rick Barnes, and I know that he's a man with a plan. What's the plan? Start off with running them. <laughs> consistency. We need. Some oh, we're guys. consistent. I mean, that was what that was what Jason said. He said we're consistently inconsistent. Yeah. Consistently, we need some guys to be aggressive and do what we've asked them to do in terms of taking the ball to the basket. The right guys. Some guys. Yeah. They're game planning hard for Santi and Zakai. They're game planning hard for those guys. We know that. But the other guys, our post guys inside. We need to get a consistent score down there. I'm not sure what O had tonight. Oh, he had 11 points. What did he shoot? Four for 13. We need somebody else. <laughs> we need Julian. We need Tyreek Key. The guys that we played tonight, we need all those guys. Jonas went in and had a couple good plays. We can't get into where we're going offense, defense, like that. We just need to get consistent play from our post guys. Uros went in and did some good things. Then over anxious, took himself out of the position too many times. Let Castlin get shots at the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean that, you know, that just does that doesn't sound like that sounds like they just keep yelling at the guys to attack the rim more. But like we're not giving them like how like ways to do that. Yeah, we all, we need all you guys to play better, attack the rim more. All right, coach, we'll do that next time. I like that. That's the plan. Uh, he was asked why the team lost their poise and the frustration of that happening with a veteran team. It is. Our guys are disappointed. We're better than this. Tonight we weren't. I know these guys want to win. They want to do the right thing. When you get in the game and you feel like you're getting great looks at the basket and it's not going in with guys you want to shoot it, that's the one thing I told our guys. We can't stop shooting it. They were content to say, okay, they're not making shots. We're going to let them keep shooting them. Again, we had a couple good shots within 10 feet of the basket that didn't go in. What we didn't do, again, was rebound it on the offensive. B.S., Rick. That was like the best offensive rebounding performance you could have. Actually, no. Uh, Billy sent me this a second ago. Uh, our percentage, because we missed so many shots, uh, okay. having 18 offensive rebounds was, was not a good not as good. far as the percentage. And it's actually kind of funny when you look at offensive rebounding percentage this season, uh-huh. the three lowest games percentage-wise on the offensive glass, Kentucky, Arizona, Colorado. Those are the bottom three. All right, but let the, let the stats guy over here. I'm just saying Florida, we, Florida in was games the you, in games eighth you sh- worst. In games you shoot the worst. Yes. You're going to miss the most shots. Right. And what Barnes and is saying is percentage. go get more rebounds yeah. when we're missing shots. Yeah, but it's yeah. going to hurt your percentage to have the, the denominator get lo- a lot no, larger. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so, 
But I, I think it's funny that at the end of all these questions about offense, he still comes back and at the end always tacks on a defensive thing. What we didn't do again was rebound on the offensive end the way we needed to, as much as we needed to. Still, defensively, I just thought we, at the wrong time, gave up some baskets that we can't give up. I didn't read the answer to that earlier one about, like, he ended that question talking about Euros, giving up baskets to Castle. He ended the first question on why they couldn't stop Florida's extended runs, which obviously is about... Um, you know, defense, but he says, uh, and then defensively, we had a couple huge breakdowns at the exact wrong time, and you can't do that. Going under on a shooter, and he hits a three, then pick and roll right around the rim late in the shot clock. Those plays, you can't give up, but give Florida credit. They played good basketball. We gave them a chance to start believing in what they were doing, and they executed. Like, there's just, it, it, it's basically, oh, yeah, we just got to attack the rim more. We got to mm-hmm. make shots. Like that's the offensive plan. That's the fix. You think, we, and that's why it's never been fixed. It's never been fixed. You think we play so hard on defense, and so much is expected on defense, that that just carries over to poor offensive performances night in, night out. I think that's an element of it. Yes. I mean, I definitely think that's why BJ Edwards isn't on the floor at all ever, because he does he doesn't always do it on defense at all ever. Or he could. We just don't know. Because we've never seen it. Uh, he Rick Barnes is a big. You got to do it in practice, guy. Though Barnes was asked how many changes he can make in the game when the offense isn't scoring a bunch, <laughs> but like we ran a play to change it through the ball of bounds. It goes back to execution. Guys fighting for their space on the floor. We tried a lot of different things: throwing the ball on the baseline, throwing it out of bounds. I mean, we shouldn't do that. It's where I think guys get locked into one thing. And you know there have to be a couple different looks they've got to get. It goes back. We've got a lot of things. You don't need a lot if you execute. We made the run back, the comeback. Think about it. We made some shots. That's what it was. Z came off, made a couple shots, moved the ball better. But you've got to make shots. You do. And if you don't make shots, you absolutely can't give up offensive rebounds, and you certainly can't give up some of the breakdowns that we had on the defensive end. So every single answer, he comes back to the defense. And I think that's a problem. He can't. He cannot get out of this mindset that it's all about the defense. Like, you didn't score. Mm. How, but coach, how many things did you do? Did you, a bunch, a lot. Like, it, there's no. And 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 I, I mean, I don't expect him to be like, well, yeah, we should have run this play. Let me diagram it for you. I mean, I get sure, that. You're sure. not saying in a press conference, but he basically said the stuff we tried didn't work. We made the run just. Got lucky, you know. Z made a couple plays, you know, like, and and I hate that. You don't need a lot if you execute. Well, yeah, but when you're not executing, that's when you need something to go to. That's the whole point, and that's what people are wanting to know. Yeah. He was asked if he believed the team was locked in and ready to play. Like, did they? To your question from hour one, did they just not show up? Just whatever. He said, "I do. I thought our preparation was good. Winning is hard. They are a good basketball." We came in. I think that was a typo because I read that earlier and I was like, they are a good basketball. That can't be what he said. He probably said team, club, he was thinking that group. Sure. We came in and I think it's important. Each guy understands how important he is to our team. It is February now. We need to have guys. I don't think they're going to play perfect every night. We are too good a team to turn the ball over and force things the way we did early in the game where we just weren't connected the way we need to stay connected and execute. Running offense is hard. You are going to have to learn. I talk about running. You have to play it. 
We just have to do a better job there. Talk about running. We have shown we can be a good team. But we have had these games, too, which a lot of teams had. We had some open looks. I will tell you, we had some open looks that we are going to have to make to be the team that we want to be. So Rick Barnes' whole philosophy is pretty much, hey, if we just executed better on defense, cleaned things up, and played better, you know, eventually, like, this is offense. It's going to come and go. Yeah, make make some shots. Pretty much, yeah. It's like, oh, hey, why'd you and Cindy get divorced? Uh, maybe if I took the trash out more, did the dishes. No, man, it's because you slept with her sister. <laughs> like, no one cares about that. <sighs> I mean, running offense is hard. Winning is hard, and running offense is hard. So what's focus what's... so much on defense? Uh, it feels like he knows we're challenged offensively. I think that's it. I think that's part of it. It's like he's it's like he, he so I think he realizes this team has to be really good defensively to have a chance. But what I don't understand is running offense is hard. Defense is hard because you don't know where guys are going. Like defense is way harder. Right. You have to be in the stance. You don't know where they're going. You have to be smart with how you defend. You have to have your hands in the right place. You got to shuffle your feet. Offense, if you know what you're doing. Like, knowing where to go set the screen, knowing to curl off the screen or flare off the screen, knowing where to set the back. Like, that stuff's easy because you know exactly what you want to do. It's like it's like when it rains in a football game. Who has the advantage? The offense because the defense has no footing, and they don't know where you're going to go. So you can move and, and trick them. Like, that's what offense is. It's not hard. You know exactly what to do. Defense, you don't know what they're going to do on a given play. Ask Nate Oates if he thinks it's hard for his guys to run his offense. If it's 2023, if your offense is hard to run, you're a dinosaur. You're Bobby Knight. Like, you're running too old school of offense if it's hard. I mean, we might have just nailed it right there. Your offense is too hard. Simplify it. I don't know that. And then call I, some I'm not simple, saying I know that. I just That was a call, weird thing to and say. And then call some simple plays that will get a guy a shot at the basket or get him fouled. Like, just simplify. If, if running offense is hard... If you have to read so many things on our offense, that slows guys down. They need to be playing. It's Josh Heupel versus Jeremy Pruitt. Mm-hmm. You think, is Josh Heupel's offense hard to run? I mean, there's a few decisions you have to make. Sure seems once, hard to defend. But once you once you make those decisions without thinking, yeah, you're just Jalen Hyde is wide-ass open, right? You're just playing. I want that basketball offense. That's the version I want. Yeah. To put things in perspective from last night, though, uh, oh boy, the trend of the season is, I mean, historical year for upsets for the top two teams. Last it is night, crazy. Did you see this stat? Tennessee mm-hmm. became the tenth AP top two team to lose this season. That number two team. Number. Yeah. Okay. Well, this wording's weird. Yeah, the tenth number two team in the country to lose last night. That is the most in a single season in the AP history. No. And Reminds me of 2001 in, in football. You got ranked number two, you were guaranteed to lose the next week. It's a week you're at the top, that's for sure. So we just need to go to number three and have number Maybe Matt's on to something with the seed lines here. All right. Uh, it nice to get to one. If you want to weigh in, 865-546-8200. We'll come to you on the phone lines next. Stick with us right here on 3 Now.
Hour two continues. Our live stream is powered by Linderman Sports Medicine. Check them out online at LindermanSportsMedicine.com. People come from all over to Memphis to get back in the game of life without surgery. And uh, I'd always get a second opinion, uh, you know, Brock Purdy style, if, uh, if surgery is recommended. And check out LindermanSportsMedicine.com. You can contact them right there through the website. Up next, Olympic Orange Philly phone lines. We have Roberto. What's up, Roberto? You're on three and out. Good morning, gentlemen. Or should I say, terrible morning, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I like the second one. Berto, can you pick against the Vols the rest of the season, please? <laughs> I didn't pick the Vols yesterday. Okay. I did not. I was intentional about not doing that. Well, I don't Matter know fact, what I didn't even lay any money on it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was Matt. We're blaming Matt for last night. You're off the hook. Okay, good, because I I have been very intent. I said I am no longer picking the Vols. Yeah, you did say you're not I'm gambling pretty sure I said that. Yeah. You did. So, I mean, we just look like ass. What else do you say? Can Rick Barnes just be genuine for five freaking minutes of his life? I mean, I love that he's a good man and he's a good Christian man, and that is the kind of guy you want over your program. You do, okay? You want a guy who does it the right way, loves on his kids, takes care of their families, yada, yada, yada. But can you be genuine in your presser for five freaking minutes? Um, Well, offense is hard. No, it's not. Defense is hard, and you do that damn well, okay? I mean, we gave up, what, 67? Was that the final tally for them last night? Yeah. But really, it could have been – it could have easily been under whatever, call it – it could have easily been around 60, but obviously in the game scenarios and all that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say, let's cut the difference and say 62. If you give up 62, you should win. In, this, in modern college basketball, if you give up 62, you should win. Yes? No. No argument here. Correct. We agree. So why are you shoving poo-covered... Poo uh, strawberry pie in my face, you know. Like, don't don't pee down my leg and tell me it's raining. All the things. Like, I know uh, you just gotta have eyes. You got beat because you couldn't score, and he does. And it has come. The chickens have come home to roost on this guy. The man does. He's he's lost on the offensive end. That's why he's focused so much on defense. And we're gonna win a lot of games playing great defense. We are okay, but the man is utterly lost on the offensive side of the ball. He's done everything nuanced in the game that he knows to do, and he's spent. Can we just admit that? Yeah. It's just so weird. you guys aren't at me. I'm, no, it's just like, weird just that it, say, work, like it works do. and then it doesn't. Like it, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, or, like, I know Texas didn't have a great big, but, like, Castleton's not – that's not that's – not, Anthony Davis down there. We were scared to go at him. No, but he, he's an NBA player. To be fair, he is an NBA player. He's going to play in the NBA. But I guess, uh, Berto, I like the, the Grant Admiral team, though, was better on offense and weak on defense. So it's like may, if he's going to run this type of offense, he needs to recruit for this type of offense. Mm. And if he wants to be Mister Lock Lockdown Defensive Guru, then he needs to just go to he. 
He needs to figure out a complementary offense for that style of defense. Maybe that's the problem. This offense doesn't go with – you can't run Bobby Knight motion, hey, offense is hard, you have to know all the the checks and the curls and when to flare and when to, when to go back door, when to curl and all this stuff, and then pair that up with a like pressure man-to-man suffocating defense. I mean, maybe switch to pack line defense like Virginia plays and expend less yep. energy on defense. Essentially, he's running – uh, my, my kid turned me on to this uh, video game, right? It's it's the Tecmo Bowl, but it's for soccer version, and mm. it's on your phone, right? You can pick, when you go into tactics, right? You can pick your tactics, uh-huh. and you can either extend a lot of energy in your attacking play or a lot of energy on your defensive play. But if you set the tactics to expend too much energy on both ends of the field, your guys get super tired and they get hurt, Right. That's kind of what we're doing. We're right. playing the style of basketball that extends the most energy on offense and the most yep. energy on defense. And then we wonder why guys yep. can't make a shot. Yep. And they go to another school and they're putting up 48 points, knocking down threes everywhere. It's like you kind of have to, like, maybe that's part of the problem is our offense and defense mm. philosophies don't go together. No, they, they don't mesh. Like, like they, for, they, they clash. You're so, 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 all right, here's, You're two, really here's two examples, right? Coaches with the most extreme philosophies, and it's great for Tennessee fans right now because we, when we watch the football team now, there's a very clear identity of what we're trying to do, right? Uh, in basketball, yes. you've got Virginia. Virginia runs pack line, man-to-man defense. It's a, yep. it's, a, it's a clog the gaps, force you to take tough threes, box out and rebound, and they're, they're typically one of the best defensive teams in the country. They pair that with an offense that's called blocker mover. They're literally two guys on the floor – there's never a shot called for them ever. All they are are the blockers. All they do is set screens. And all they do is when they set those screens, if their guy hedges too much, they slip it, they catch it, and they score at the rim. And the three movers are you know, essentially we playing. We already have guys like that, Nate. Yeah. We've already, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's outside. I mean, Euros Klopsich is that guy. But, Jemai Maysack right. is that oh, guy. He'd be perfect. It was the Jack Salt guy for Virginia, right? That's all he did all season was yeah, set yeah. great screens, yeah. slip, catch it, and dunk. Yeah. So the three guys, and yeah. blocker mover, the three guys, your, three, your two wings and your point guard, are essentially playing three-on-three basketball with two screeners just in the way the whole time. And it's... It's not a yep. high energy type of thing. Your bigs just set screens. Your guys play three on three. It's very half courtish, back and forth. All right. Now look at Nate Oates at Alabama. They don't run a lot of complicated stuff. They just spread the floor. They get down the they get down the court. They attack space. Draw two defenders. Kick it. Shoot a three. Like it's and they go up and down. They expend a lot of energy on tempo, mm. but not on running hard offense. Right. The Virginia team yep. lays it all on the line on defense and then plays really slow. Saves energy getting the ball up the court. And, and locks in and plays a half-court offense. Alabama's up and down, up and down, up and down. A lot of running, but it's not hard offense, and it's not really hard defense. They're actually pretty good defense, really good defensively this year. Our team is, like, yep. stuck in an identity crisis, and because, because Rick Barnes has very high standards, the team yeah. does overachieve at times. I, I love that about Rick Barnes. I mean, he challenged Grant and Admiral the year before, and those guys, and they rose the occasion. They had a great season. And this team's similar. I mean, they can play way over their talent level at times. Mm. But if you want to have, yeah. like, that super peak ceiling season, like, from a philosophy standpoint, it just doesn't quite mesh. I mean, it's – you're, you're kind of capping yourself. We want, yeah. That's why we're never going to get what we want. Gents, we are spoiled in a good way. We're good, okay? Tennessee is good at basketball. Even though they lost last night, Nate, I'm just I'm agreeing with you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, sure. Even though we're good, floor. I mean, we're good. We're a good basketball team now. 
We are a good basketball program now. I would argue at least top 15, if not top 10 in the country, year in and year out now, period, end of sentence. Like, nobody's really going to argue that. Tennessee has arrived in college basketball. But we'll never get to the promised land of college basketball with a coach who tries to change and can't, because he always says he's trying to change and do new things, but he doesn't. And then at the end of the day says offense is hard. Okay, he's never going to take us there, y'all. So what do we want? Now now, now we've come to the crossroads, gents, and this is what I'm going to leave you with. Thank you so much for the time and the, and the spirited discussion, guys. What do we want? Do we want to be perennially top 15 overall program in college basketball, or do we want to go to the promised land? Do we want The promised land for me is not a national title, by the way. It's consistently in the Elite Eight and in the Final Four every three to four years. Maybe, maybe, maybe even five or six, but going to the Final Four. Like, and maybe winning one. That's the promised land, gents. So what do we want? Do we want Rick Barnes to keep us where we are, or do we want to go to the promised land? Take care. Thanks for the call. Um, promised land sounds pretty good. And to that I would say there's a guy – coaching in Waco, Texas right now, who's got a national championship, who's only making $2.7 million a year. So you switched off from Iowa State's guy? I mean, I would obviously take the coach with the national championship over Otzelberger, but... This is the first I've heard you mention the guy in Waco, though. I mean, he's Scott I, Drew? He's Scott Drew. No, he's, no, no, he's mentioned him he's before. He's won a national championship. Yeah, we've mentioned, was, we've mentioned he, Scott he Drew quite a bit. drum more this morning. Naturally. I, 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 here, here's... Here's, I think, what's going to happen. I think what – I mean, it kind of has to happen. I mean, you, you just have to let Rick Barnes coach this team a few more years and just hope you hit the right run of games in, in the tournament. And you either will or he won't. He might have that run where the matchups are good and you hit shots a few games in a row and you get there and you make a Final Four. Or he won't. And either way, like, he doesn't have that many years left if he – if he makes one, then you're just going to keep playing that game. But it's basically like you're – with Rick Barnes, you always get to the table and get to throw the dice. If you if you want to make a move at some point, like Texas did, you're, you're kind of rolling the dice just to get to the table. But if you get to the table, maybe then you have more chips. Or I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a good way to put it, but – um, but it's exhausting knowing you'll only break through to a Final Four with Rick Barnes if you get lucky. But that, I mean, that is the way it is for a lot of teams. Yeah. You know, there's only yeah outside of about six teams. That's and, pretty much how you make a Final Four. And you don't, you don't know. That's the problem. It's you don't, you don't know who has those chops and who doesn't. Like if you gave the Florida coach this year, right? Who's mm-hmm. a young? He's 37 years old. Whatever. If you gave him Alabama's roster. Would he would his team be a little better or a lot worse or than what Nate Oates is doing? Like you just don't you just don't know. And obviously then there's recruiting and all that comes with all the outside the floor stuff. Is it possible we have to run difficult offense because this team's not made to just like go get a basket? Like well, okay. I, I know we have to play defense because we struggle offensively, yeah. but if you struggle offensively, you can't just say Ah, just run and gun and shoot whatever. That's basically what they did last night was just shoot whatever they could get. And it did not look good. Well, I, I think you're right, actually. But, I, I mean, I would call more very specific stuff for a team that struggles this much on offense. 
I don't disagree. I mean, with I, that. I would run. Doesn't necessarily old, need to be difficult, just more specific. Yeah, I would run the old. I would run the old Brad Stevens plan. Anytime we're not in transition, we're calling a set play, and it's coming from Coach Barnes. Hey, look for this as we go down the stretch this season. There have been times in games I've noticed this season where the point guard, mostly Zakai, of course, he calls a play that I'm pretty sure he's not getting from the sideline. Huh. You want to talk about an old school way of running basketball? I don't know of any other team in college basketball that just allows a player to call a play with without it coming from the sideline. It's re- it's just really hard to know if that's actually true because yeah, yeah. you know so you can hear from the sideline obviously a lot better than it's. So I don't know if if one of the assistant coaches is actually yelling that play and I just don't see the hand signal, camera angles, all that stuff. I mean. It'd be nice to, to, I guess, sit right behind the Tennessee bench for like a big game mm. and try and hear all of that communication. If but you're I out there listening and have done that, yeah, please I let swear us know. there's been a few times where Zakai's brought the ball up the floor, and, and and most of these games we've won, it hasn't been a problem. Yeah, I just think it's very interesting that Zakai can come down the floor and be like, "Hey, we're gonna go money for Vescovy," and they just run it. And yeah. I feel like that never came from the sideline. So, uh, and and I don't know, maybe those are predetermined. Hey, you know, second half we need a bucket. This is the thing we're gonna go to, but. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you make a really good point, though. Like, I don't think you can just spread the floor and run and gun with this team and hope to score. I think we've seen them try that, and it doesn't. But the really hard motion that scores uh, organically, he it. I mean, he's right. No, like, I, I agree. He's I agree. right. It is. It is hard to run really well, and when you do run it really well, you can really put a bunch of points on people quickly. Mm-hmm. But if we're not good at it, like it's not the right offense. Yeah. So uh, we'll come back. Final segment, hour two next. Final segment, hour number two. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. You know, they're going to keep doing what they're doing and try and get better at it. And, you know, if if they play really well for a few games in a row, then it, it might work. I mean, it's, you know, it, we've seen teams that aren't that good make the Final Four. Just never happened at Tennessee. Tennessee's just never had that miracle run where yeah. it just happens. I mean, we've uh, had the path though. I mean, if you look at uh 2017-2018 when we lost to Loyola Chicago, there was chaos on that side of the bracket. You had a chance to play some teams who you didn't really think you're gonna be playing in like some of the later rounds that were better matchups for you, lower seated teams. Mm-hmm. I'm just I think I'm over. I, I obviously I don't I don't where Tennessee's program is right now. You just you just have to let it play out. Like mm-hmm. you just you have to accept the. Yeah, fact I don't want anyone to hear us saying like, "Oh yeah, fire Barnes right now." Like this no. is like I'm, I'm not like ready Roberto to say, can it's say done. he's not going to get you to the promised land, and and he might not the way he's talking about being consistently in the Elite Eight and having shots at the Final Four every year. But I think at this point we just want one time. I'm yeah. not even saying fire Barnes now. If you want to shop around a little bit, maybe do some window shopping behind the scenes. Well, you should be doing that anyway, just because he's an older coach. Yeah. I mean, you never know when a guy's just gonna be like, "Hey, I'm kind of burnt out. I'm gonna retire." Like, you got to be prepared for that as an AD anyway. 
So that that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, that's just that should be happening. But you're just you. There's there's two different ways of kind of having a coach and being successful in college sports. Anyway, like you, you can just either have the guy that's always going to be pretty good and you hope that he breaks through certain years, or you can have the guy that breaks through that same amount of time and has some years that aren't as good because he's taking some more risk on the recruiting trail or taking some more risk with the teams, uh, with some of the, the, the style of play, trying to get make sure they peak in March. Either way, I mean, like if the goal is to make two Final Fours every 10 years, for example – you could have the guy that gets you in the tournament all 10 years and makes two Final Fours, and you feel like underachieves at, at times. Or you could have the guy that makes the tournament six times out of 10 and makes two Final Fours because he cycles more and has more peaks and more values. I mean, either way, it, it, and right now you just you have a high-floor coach, and that's a good thing. The question is, can he elevate into having a higher ceiling and eventually, and and I, I'm just out. Of, I'm out on anybody that wants to criticize fans for having that opinion, though. I mean, the guy like Rick Barnes literally got fired at Texas, fired for what fans are frustrated with at Tennessee. So you can't call a fan crazy. I can't believe you would you would ever think about having to move on from Rick Barnes. I mean, no sane person. Well, the Texas people that made the decision actually had the job and actually made that call. Were they right? Maybe not, but they, but, but it is within, they were not, but it is within the realm of like thought process that that is a credible thing. So we can debate it back and forth, but let's be respectful because either of those opinions has credence, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of the, the, the writer, you know, a writer, some writers. I mean, I don't mean one specifically, like literally, I just mean any writer in this town trying to tell people they're insane for being frustrated with Rick Barnes. Because Texas literally fired him for this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So if an, if an actual athletic director at one of the premier athletic programs in all of college sports came to the decision to fire Rick Barnes for this, I think it's okay for a fan to maybe have this opinion, even if you disagree with him or her. Right? Like, let's just get that out of the way right now. Yeah. I was looking back at the Rick Barnes teams at Texas, you know, and their tournament stuff. And obviously, you know, he made a Final Four there, made an Elite Eight. Um, it's interesting that those teams were a lot better on offense and still pretty good on defense, typically. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe the game has just changed some. Maybe this team, we just haven't recruited well enough offensive guys. You know, I mean, if you had one star, like, get to the rack wing player, it might make this team, it might push this team to a, like, the But Nate, isn't, isn't that part of what we're saying, though? Like, guys leave and become offensive stars. Pember, Burns, even even Gaines. I mean, Brett was reading Victor the stat Bailey. about Victor Bailey. It's like, wait a, wait a minute. Like, they leave here and they're averaging 20 a night? Like, what, how? So now, my, granted, they're, my they're big, transferring down. But my but big still. fear is, like, that Julian Phillips, if he'd have gone to – he was committed to LSU, so maybe that's a bad example. But but, if, but let's say he'd have gone to you know Kansas or North Carolina or Duke or whatever. I mean, yep. just any of the any of the other factories would would he be scoring? Maybe maybe not like maybe not the guy you just give the ball to and stand around and watch him score. But would he be a guy who developed from day one on campus to like February the second today? Would he be a guy that is scoring twice as many points yep. because the offense is just completely a different thing? 
If he's at Alabama, is he scoring a bunch of points? Like, Or does Rick Barnes just happen to kind of end up getting the guys that are like him, that are more defensive-minded? Mm. Like, what's – well, here, I'll pull it up. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, is Julian Phillips somewhere else? Is he not, make, not being able to make an outside shot either? He actually took one three last night, but they called us for an illegal screen, and he made it. Joining so I'm wondering if he season, should shoot him a little more. He's 10 of 36 from three, shooting 28%. So obviously that percentage isn't good enough to be like pulling a bunch of threes. But he's not taking a bunch of them at he's all. He's not taking that many. Yeah. I mean, uh, Vesky's taking 136 just for reference. Yeah. He's ta- Vesky's taking 100 more threes than Phillips. He's 81% from the free throw line. Well, that's what. That's why last night, first thing we do, what we kick it inside. Yeah. He gets a little, a little pin and spin. Goes to the rack. He gets fouled. But he goes to the. Free, he, and he missed the first one. But yeah, he then made. But the he's eighty one percent. But that's that, a good. That's a good. No, I, I agree. Goal. And I'm like, man, can we not try that more? Can we not get Castleton on the other side and go to Phillips and let him mm-hmm. use his length and athleticism to try to get up and over somebody? I guess not. He's listed our, as our second-best offensive option, Julian Phillips. I mean, what's he averaging per game? Like 11 points? Uh, no, no, he's yeah, nice he's dropping. He was at nine. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like, he was at nine points something last I looked and going down. Uh, uh, nine, nine five. Josiah yeah. James is 9-6. Vescovy 12-2. Ziegler 11-4. Kumwa 11 Frustrating. All right, yeah. hour three next.